0: Welcome to the Beth and Kelly Show, a weekly Facebook Live conversation between Beth Fortune and Kelly Klingen. that's me, and we've made it into a podcast. Beth Fortune currently serves as Education Director at Wintergrass, the National American String Teachers Association Board, and Chair of the National Council for Orchestral Education. I currently serve as Education Director at Jazz Ed, the Washington president at Jazz Education Network and jazz curriculum officer for Washington Music Educators Association. We have a platform and we really want to leverage it for positive change. Please hit us up. Let's have a conversation and uh, let's move our practice as music educators forward. Welcome everybody to the Beth and Kelly show episode 26. It's a very exciting day because we have um, two new friends to the show joining us. And we're gonna be talking about making our music rooms more inclusive places. And um, I am of the thinking that if you have a pride flag up in your classroom, like most music rooms I know, then you really need to, um, you know, walk the walk, if you will, and I need help in that area. And um, also, we're all learning together. Yeah. And um, I would like to introduce um, one of our special guests today, Chloe Rollins, and I know Chloe, the fabulous trumpet player from the westerlies and i am a friend of the westerlies and when chloe joined the band i was like yes girl we can hang out now at the at the at the shows and stuff and just (laughs) a fantastic trumpet player and um, i approached chloe to do this show about how we can better serve our trans students and our non-binary students and our gender non-conforming students and what do all of those things mean and chloe said well i would be happy to do that but we should probably have someone else on the episode and chloe i'm gonna let you introduce that someone else and maybe that we can take that as um a jumping off point why we thought we should have our new friend andrew with us too Mm -hmm. go ahead
1: Totally, yeah. Well, I'm super happy to be here with both of you, all three of you today. Okay. Um, Andrew is an incredible, incredible cellist um, in the string quartet, the Ataka Quartet, and Ataka uh, Quartet is they're all dear friends of the Westerlies, and um, we love them so much. We try to sound like them as much as we can. Quartet homies. Um,
2: <laughs> or quartet
1: homies, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, on top of being a fantastic cellist, Andrew is just also just an incredible human. Um, and I've had such a great time getting to know you over the how, however long we've known each other now, maybe two years or whatever it is. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Welcome to you both.
3: Thanks for having me.
0: Yes. Um, okay. So I think, I think all teachers should know maybe one of the most important things we should understand is how much language matters. Um, And that's something I've talked about for a long time, trying to get more girls into our jazz programs. Um, Like for example, when we refer to the whole classroom as guys, that's not very welcoming to the girls in the classroom. And all of the language that I have suggested that people use, like for example, referring to the entire ensemble as folks. Um, you know, all of those ideas, I think, welcome all of our students regardless of gender, but let's jump maybe use that as a jumping off part, point. Take it away.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is a really a good one. It's a subtle thing, I think, that a lot mm-hmm. of people don't really think about there's so many little things that are kind of ingrained in the language that we use that mm-hmm. you know if, if we've never been in a situation where we've needed to question it, then um, it's, it's hard to be aware of it. Um, one thing that I had noticed like guys is a big one. I, I grew up on the West Coast and a lot of people use guys in sort of a general neutral way, but it sh- I think it shouldn't be assumed that that is okay to use, you know. If you have like explicit consent from the person that yeah, cool guys is totally fine with me, then that's mm-hmm. that's great. But folks has turned into my favorite word to address a crowd. It's just one syllable. Like it it feels DVD feels good to say. Rolls um, yeah, another phrase or word that I've especially in like the jazz scene and, and especially in New York City, a lot of people say like, hey, man, um, hey. and they don't really say it in like a, a gender specific way. And it's something I noticed. Um, after I came out and I started, um, you know, presenting as a woman, I, I, all these people that I were around in the jazz world still, they would still say like, yeah, man, and, or something like that. And like, and then I just, I just had this sort of like thing in my back of my mind with like, are are they misgendering me or are they, is that just like a thing in their language that they're so used to saying and they're not aware that they're saying it. Um, And I've had to like, you know, remind a couple of people like, I don't really want to hear that because especially for like me as a trans woman, I think saying like, yeah, man, or hey, man, to me, it's like, oh, it's, I don't know. It's, I can't tell if you're misgendering me or if you're just like unaware of the language you're using. Um, right. But uh, yeah, this is an excellent point, like of things to to be aware of.
3: Totally. I mean, totally agree. And like, and it's always, it's one of those things that that yeah I always I, I also balk at those sort of at those words and what's what sucks is that a lot of the time like I was recording with um I was recording little snippets of um of an upcoming album with the quartet today not for not for release but just for a trial and I played I played something really well and and um uh Nate, the violist of my quartet was when who was recording, who does a really great job with pronouns and everything. Uh, because I had played so well, he just said, dude. <laughs> and it was like, and I knew that he was saying it because I had just played my ass off.
2: Yeah, you shredded. And
3: I just had shattered his world. Um, <laughs> and it, and, it, and it's it's like moments like that where um some, like, Sometimes I want to be like, ah, not with, them, not with a man, or, or, or that stuff, and then sometimes I'm like, oh, like I just made your day, and like I, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's also a delicate balance from, from my side as well. Yeah. Um, not to say that people um, shouldn't uh, be mindful in the slightest, but it, it sometimes it's just it's hard to choose when, when to like
0: point it out.
3: Yeah, make it about something that it it wasn't necessarily about, but at the same time, you know, it's it's complicated.
0: Right. I mean, I think as teachers, we should always err on the side of caution, right? I mean, why would we put our students in a situation where they feel like they're gonna have to approach us to talk about how our language as the adult in the power situation affects them? Mm -hmm. That is a lot to ask of a kid
2: it really
0: is it's too much to ask i think so
2: yeah
0: another one that has been bothering me for a long time is ladies and gentlemen
2: yes
4: oh my gosh i've been trying to correct myself when i say that oh my god i am guilty of i am guilty of saying that every now and again
0: every time a lot it, you're like feel like you're elevating your students to a level right. of respect
4: yeah right
0: but now you're leaving out a group of people
4: right i feel like such an a-hole every time i do that and i vow i'm gonna correct myself the next time i'm not gonna do this and then i sometimes step in it yeah i mean that's that's one of the things like we mess up but we have to like get up and just try again and plan to do better next time you know
2: yeah and i think
0: it's okay to say out loud to our students oh i swore i wasn't going to say that anymore Mm -hmm. and i just said it out loud and um apologies moving on you know
1: totally like we can
0: acknowledge when we screw up to our kids i think it's good
1: and i'd like something you just said um acknowledging when you screw up and then move on you know Mm -hmm. that's a big part of it um sometimes like if somebody messes up a pronoun or says something that they realize maybe they shouldn't have said what's the worst thing is when they like make a huge deal out of it and then like talk about it for like an hour Mm -hmm. after that, and then the next day they text you like, Hey, I just, I just wanted to say, I'm so sorry again. It's like, please, no, it's okay. Like just, just move on. It's fine. Um, I think
0: some things that are like teachable moments, but when you're centering a student or, or in a way like that, it's too much you know Mm -hmm. that's way too much we should just move right on
1: yeah for sure um and and something something also that came to mind um in terms of like language to use and and you were talking about kind of not assuming certain things are okay to say Mm -hmm. i think that's especially important when you consider the fact that there's a lot of students out there who may be trans but aren't um out of the closet yet and are still Mm -hmm. in the closet and i remember before i came out like I went to the New School for Jazz and Contemporary Music. It was a pretty damn toxic masculine culture, very bro-y. And uh, just people would call me bro all the time. You know, I, I was presenting as a as a guy, so it makes sense. But it's like, um, it's just so, uh, so much throughout my life of just like having people be like, yo, bro, what's up? You know, just kind of like talking to me, like I'm just a, a and it's just like, you know, just, I, you should never assume, like just because somebody is presenting a certain way right. to like maybe they just aren't out of the closet and maybe they they aren't comfortable with it yet um, but just being aware of that that you know just because somebody is presenting a certain way right now doesn't mean that they that's who they really are um, especially with students right
3: yeah I didn't I didn't come out until well after I was out of grad school so sure. I mean it's and it's one of those things where you know it it's it's, it's funny to, to, to think in, in these terms of like what can teachers do to make me feel, make the students feel more comfortable because I had never framed it that way for myself as, as a kid. I had always just like been sort of uh, just thought that like, okay, well, that, that sort of makes me feel weird. And so that's my, my fault or, or just sort of like, or, or like that's my thing to deal with. Mm -hmm. And, um, it would be, it would have been really nice to like, to have teachers who had, had thought about it for a second and like changed little things in their behavior that could have made me not feel that way. And it like never occurred to me as a student that that was a possibility. So,
2: yeah, you
0: know, Beth and I, um, find pretty often and we've done it ourselves that, um, music teachers tend to exclude themselves from what's thought to be teaching best practice because Mm -hmm. we feel like um, our topic is so different that it doesn't apply. Mm -hmm. So for example, teaching anti-bullying, like Mm -hmm. well, I, I used to feel like that wasn't something I should have to teach because I didn't allow it in my classroom. And how would I teach that through music, it felt like I was being asked to teach an entirely different subject. But what I come to realize now, 10 years later, we've
4: evolved a lot.
0: <laughs> is that, uh, of course, I should have been teaching that class and I should have found ways I thought that I was but I should have been better about weaving that curriculum into all of my classes. Um, because music and I and I think music teachers, because we're an elective, we think, um, well, if kids don't want to be in my program, they just won't be in my program. So the ones that are here want to be here, mm-hmm. so they're fine with how I am, and I am calling bullshit on that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know, like maybe we could. I'm not sure it's obvious to folks why how a music class could be very helpful to a young person who's um, trying to find their way. Could either of you speak to that or maybe both of you?
3: I mean, I think that like um, all of the really helpful things I've learned um, about about being a musician um, for the most part in the last like 10 years or so um, have been in like outside experiences, like ha- having nothing to do with music. Like I went through a really rough time in my life and um, was sort of spiraling. And I got a I got a job at, at my favorite coffee shop and um, and I worked there for like six years and just sort of, became part of that culture and um you know and seeing seeing the world from that lens and sort of and sort of seeing yourself from uh you know as because as a musician we're you know we really are also in the service industry it's just presented in a different way um and but like in mu In music, like when we come out on stage, people like clap for us and they're like, oh, "I'm so happy to see you, but when you see people at five forty five in the morning and they haven't had their coffee, uh no one's happy to see you, not a single person uh and so uh seeing it from that side and 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 um and just like thinking um about music through empathy um um is that means that that you can you can learn. Really, just uh, anything through this lens, you know, and whether it's anti-bullying or 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 language or or talking about like sort of like relationship dynamics or anything like that, it's all um, they're they're all useful skills in in music, for sure.
4: You know what I was thinking about is um, there are additional things that are major stressors in like what we call school music, um, which is based on like Eurocentric setup with ranked seating and auditions and all of this stuff. Um, It's like at the baseline, highly toxic (laughs) and then adding additional things to it must be extremely heavy lift for some kids.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, especially for kids who like don't fit into the the norm or or what have you. you know? Yeah. Just like trying to compete with some <clears throat> a bunch of cis boys, like uh, you know, which tend to dominate music situations. So hopefully, that's not as as much as it, as it was when I was growing up. But
4: um, no, I think it's still a problem.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> not surprised. Um, yeah yeah that's that's a really good it's really good point um it can make it hard for people who feel uncomfortable with themselves in general to feel comfortable you know rising to that occasion or 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 whatever or just like going through the pressure that all that pressure there's so much pressure that's put on and in the system that's kind of set up like that with um the ranked seating and all of that
0: I don't know a lot of people who think of music, who would say that the value of music in their life is based on competition. There are some, I know some, <laughs> but I think most of our students um, feel the, uh, God, this is going to sound corny when it comes out of my mouth, but like the healing power of playing music with other people. It's tremendously valuable for mental health mm-hmm. um, if we're, um, I think, not pushing things like, you know, competition and overly conforming and these types of things. It mm-hmm. makes me um, it makes me think, I'll, I'll, I can't remember who said what, but I've got this kid in my mind whose name I cannot remember but Beth, um, he was one heck of a fiddle player and he was in your singing. And it doesn't matter his name, but you're going to remember this moment. We were at the uh, Western Washington University Orchestra Festival. Uh And this concert master um, had the most luscious blonde hair flowing yep long. Yep. and um the clinician came up and complimented the young man on his brilliant on the young woman on her brilliant performance and it was like a little dude you know like a little prepubescent middle school boy you know and i remember thinking then and god that must have been like
4: It was sickening, like I had a sick feeling in my stomach after that happened. Yeah. And you know what? That same clinician is headlining the Northwest like conference. That same clinician is continuing to get frigging gigs, man. Sorry.
2: I
0: just thought, (laughs) why do we have to gender this kid? Why do we have to say anything? why can't it just be congratulations on that performance why does it have to be young woman or young man at all and at that time I wasn't so much thinking about um, like what we're talking about today which is using the correct pronouns and Mm -hmm. I mean it wasn't this was 13 years ago but I was thinking then like this poor kid is just like not gone through puberty yet and is now embarrassed in front of 200 kids yeah. You call yeah a little girl and why would we say that and really from that day forward um i tried to make sure that i was never referring to a student by their gender ever mm-hmm. i mean it's not if if you don't care about people's feelings it's at least at least care about like not embarrassing yourself in front of all of these people. Mm -hmm. Like what a jerk, man. Like I just couldn't figure it out why we would risk that.
3: And I think it's one of those things where like, where, you know, um, we hear this story and uh, I think that this is a really good entry point Mm -hmm. to Okay, like there was this little boy who, like, somebody, like, uh, possibly misgendered uh, as, right, right, right as as a as a, as a, a young woman, um, and we can all say, like, "Oh, what a poor like little guy!" Uh, and and I think that like it's it's important for 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 people to remember that that it's something that that all as trans kids went through. on a regular basis like 40 50 times a day you know and like and it's it's equally as humiliating
2: Mm
3: -hmm. um and it's just um but it, it like it's like a it it sort of gets taken away just because it's sort of i think people um maybe like assume that like there's a there's like a there's a there's a certain amount of humiliation in in someone's life or you know yeah. and um and I think it's a, a good thing to remember that it's like it's the it's the same story you know yeah and there's yeah and I and like so sort of double back about why we do this in terms of like um you know, you know young man young woman like I I think there is a tradition, you know, especially in the South um, of of when you do gender someone, that is a sign of respect. Like, 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 sir, like that's, that's, it's very, and um, it's hard. It's hard to be, to go into a store and be like, I just want to buy a loaf of bread. Like, please don't just, just say, tell me the price of the bread. You know, like yeah. that, you know, that's like that's everything I want. Just going into a store whenever uh, I'm in a place like that, and it, it just it becomes very hard because um, it's it's meant in a, in a in as a sign of respect, but it's just it's um, it can be a lot.
1: Definitely, yeah. <clears throat> the times for me that it happens um, where I, I tend to get misgendered the most is when I'm on the phone with with somebody like the Verizon nerd or, or something like that, and you know, my voice is, you know, maybe a little lower than most cis women. So I, I get surred a lot on the phone. And it's just like, why, why, why do you even need to say, sir? Why, why, why assume it? or just like, why does it doesn't even matter? Like, yeah, it's just, right. and Andrew brings up a, a really good point that it's for, you know, forever, it's been a sign of respect. And it's, I think it's really hard for people who are used to kind of like, showing trying to show respect to like all of a sudden have it flipped on them be like wait I'm being disrespectful wait a minute how am I doing that um mm-hmm. but uh yeah it's 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 tricky um
0: I yeah. mean death was with me remember when I got surred on the airplane yes I was yes. I mean this was what like three years ago <laughs> <laughs> it was a
4: little I, longer than that was it, it was a little longer than that but time flies when you're in your 40s
0: dude i mean i had the same wow. haircut and i looked exactly like this i remember the outfit i was wearing mm-hmm. i still have it i mean it was damaging to my ego you were,
4: you were very upset i was
0: upset and i was trying to pretend that i wasn't upset yeah you know <laughs> I was really you were upset. very upset really upset yeah and uh i remember the time i was called young man when i was a teenage girl because i had my hair in a ponytail and i was really upset about that Mm -hmm. and that's twice in my life two times Mm -hmm. and i am agitated about them both still imagine (laughs) if it happened to you two times every day or more for years exactly i mean yeah it's just something that as humans we need to stop doing But as music teachers, teachers in general, I don't know why we are resistant to changing something that causes our students pain on a daily basis.
4: We just simply must retrain ourselves and we're gonna step in it every once in a while and get it wrong and do it the wrong way. And we just gotta apologize, move on and try again the next time. So like there's, Like in the public place, you don't know the person at the store or whatever. There's avoiding the usage of um, male or female or any type of gendered reference. But I also think that it's very important for teachers who are developing relationships with students to once they ascertain what pronoun that student wants to use, to use it properly um, and use it for that student um, as opposed to refusing to acknowledge that desire of that student. Um, And it's something that, that I've had to work into my practice and get better and better at every day.
2: Yeah.
3: And I think it goes back to, you know, Kelly, what you were talking about in terms of like Oh, like as a music teacher, why is it my job to, to do anti-bullying? And, and I think it's important to remember that, like, that, like I think that people are like, well, you know, there's a lot to even remember, like every kid's name. Mm-hmm.
4: Oh my all. gosh, yes. Like,
3: and and, is and is. I, just want them, I just want them to play in tune, you know, and I, and I want them <laughs> to stop being on their phones in the back. Mm-hmm. I see, you know, like, like there's, it's, it's one more thing, which um, is a lot. It's it's a lot. One more thing yeah. is a lot for a music teacher. You
2: know? it's, it's not really too much. It's not too
3: much. It's not too much. But but it is important to, uh, you know, I can I can just I can feel it, you know, in just in terms of like you want me to do what and and, mm-hmm. it's 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 not it's not too much, but but it is it is an ask, and and the thing is is that the appreciation that comes from it will be, 100-fold um, for right. like for that one for that one thing.
1: Right. Definitely, and I, I think a lot of it just is sort of like, as long as these students are feeling like the openness that or willingness of of like wanting to learn, like even if you keep messing something up,
2: mm-hmm. as long
1: as you keep saying, "Hey, I'm I'm sorry, I'm 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 working on it," um, that goes a long way too. Rather than just like if you keep messing up and kind of brushing it off or something like that, or um, it's it. These, these changes that we make with our, our language that we use um, can't just happen overnight. You know, a lot of the stuff is really ingrained right. um, with how we talk and, and um, it's just, as I mean, both of you clearly are very aware of of, of the stuff and the language you're using. And that's like, that's the starting place for, for everyone. is just the awareness and the, the willingness and openness of wanting to change and uh, change the language that you're using.
0: Well, I feel, I mean, First of all, when you start to do this work, your your groups sound better and more in tune and all of those things, first of all. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're a teacher who is worried about dwindling numbers, you're losing kids to your program. You will not lose a kid that you are properly whose pronouns you are properly using that I can promise you.
2: You're gonna stick around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, And to that end, I would love some feedback on performance outfits. Oh my gosh,
4: I was gonna go there too.
0: Dude, okay, I mentioned at the um, WMEA equity team meeting uh, a couple nights ago, and that I still believed uniforms were a really big problem uh, at performance uniforms. And was told that it seems to be getting a whole lot better. And I heartily disagree. I do not. I have, for example, never seen a band on the Essentially Ellington stage that had um, something that weren't binary options for all students. I mean just one example and uh, when my band was supposed to play at essentially Ellington this last spring we were gonna be the first group we had a whole plan and I was so excited for gender non-conforming uniforms but um anyway uh can we talk about that because it's bad I think but maybe it's not you you tell me
3: oh it's bad it's bad (laughs) (laughs) uh (laughs) <laughs> not, it's not just school groups, you know, like, um, you know, Chloe, Chloe and I are, like, among the, f- like, the first trans people, like, on, like, big s- stages. Right. Um, uh-huh. And, uh, and, you know, even, you know, the New York Phil just allowed women to stop wearing dresses i think last year or or they haven't oh. yet one of the two um
0: soon if but not really
3: great um and uh it is a it is a big thing and and the stage i mean the definition of what it means to be uh dressed appropriately on stage is to be extremely gendered so yes. um you know i I do see i do see um really um good guidelines being put out there i know that juilliard's uh uh, early music uh program 415 has a really cool set of guidelines
2: Mm.
3: um that says something like um black like where black make uh something about length of thing and um but um no mention of of any of that and so that it's 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 cool it's a good first step but it is a it is a big world worldwide issue
4: man it would be so cool if wmea created some guidelines and then yes. said here are our guidelines and then schools like mine might then take those guidelines and reconsider
0: you know, as horrible, and they were horrible. The uniforms were at Washington Middle School. And when right. I was a student, they were this uniform. When Beth and I were teachers there, they were the uniform. And I'm <laughs> sure they're still the uniform. They were <laughs> bow ties and cummerbunds. Tuxed shirt. Right. Right? And uh, tuxedo shirt. And then anything black on the bottom that you wanted. And you know what? That is not a gendered uniform. It was ungendered because, you know, I guess. It worked. It worked. It It was horrible. (laughs) And as a student, a round student um, with really small boobs at that time, it was, I felt like a bro in it. I mean, like I didn't feel my best self Having to cinch my waist with a cummerbund and highlight that situation, and the tuxedo shirt with all the pleats and stuff—it's not. It wasn't a good look. <laughs> it caused me some trauma. <laughs> but at least it was like a consistent look for everyone. And I wonder what could be better than that for school groups.
3: I- anything
0: (laughs) there are some schools that do like polo shirts that seems okay a polo shirt yeah
1: i mean
3: i think that like just nice looking black i think nice looking black Black. Black. i mean simple
1: simple. that's what i was thinking too i i think anytime you force someone to wear something specific it it, it could be bad you know because um like a bow tie maybe that's like traumatic for if there's like a young student who's a trans girl in in the closet who's like having to wear I don't know just things like that but um I think I like I, I remember as a kid and and like always having to wear like a suit and tie like when I was you know performing in any situation and always just like hating it so much um and like playing in wedding bands for years, um, like after college too, before I transitioned, like just like, oh God, it's like, it's only, it's either that or a dress and it's like, uh, but um, I think just like, I mean, if, if we're looking for something that's like very uniform among everybody, just yeah. black, like if, if it's just all black, if everyone's all wearing black, it's gonna look uniform no matter what, it, I mean, what they're wearing, you know? I
0: don't personally believe that we need a uniform look to True. be professional. I like resist that idea for example, yeah. but I, I think it would be a really hard thing to convince most of our colleagues that some sort of uniformity wasn't important. It's like a very long held belief. So I'm thinking what could we suggest that would be uniform, but would also be very inexpensive and not trauma inducing so something that has as much choice as possible so like a color palette that's probably the best thing you can do and if you want to be on brand with your school and your school's colors are blue and green what if we said business casual blue and green go Mm -hmm. or something like that then of course the problem is you go to festival and there's the score for presentation and you get marked down because your kids don't have tuxedos and matching gowns right obviously the institution has to shift you'd have to have conversations with your families about why you're making that choice I mean it's a whole fiasco but I think it's worth it
4: not to mention schools invest thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into these performance uniforms. Mm -hmm. Um, Case in point, I mean, our school has racks and racks and racks and racks and racks 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 of tuxedos, floor-length black velvet skirts and um, zip up short-sleeved velvet shirts.
2: Oh my God
4: and um you know various arrays of coral dresses um i mean and thousands of dollars have been sunk into this thousands of booster dollars
0: well i feel like you could sell them on ebay and make a little bit back i know i know for some musical department somewhere <laughs> or some church choir but uh i I mean mean, andrew chloe is it safe to assume that if that's the uniform a school requires that they are losing some students that don't want to wear that
1: i mean if they aren't losing students and they're absolutely making some students uncomfortable Uh, yeah you know and maybe maybe they leave after a year or something or maybe they just like decide I don't want to be a musician because this is this, this is what being a musician is yeah. and it sucks and, um, and things like that. So maybe if it's not just within the program, maybe it kind of deters them from pursuing a career in music or something. Um, and
4: that's heartbreaking because both of you are in extremely cutting-edge um, music ensembles and you do perform professionally um, and you get to do this um creative expression and cre- creating and um doing all this amazing stuff um, and it's like let's not allow clothing to be something that holds a student back from obtaining this opportunity um, to be a professional musician if they want you know
3: and I, I think that this this came up when um, I came out to my quartet. Oh, I don't know, four or five years, five years ago. Um, in terms of all right, like how... how are we gonna how are we gonna match now?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know because. Um, uh, up to that point. I had worn a suit, the violist had worn a suit, and then we had uh, our two violinists in ball gowns.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So um, we sort of, that was like a sort of like <laughs> matched set. And, um, <laughs> Too and bad exactly right. And, and, um, and I think, and I was, I was saying like, you know, like, I I don't want to like Go and like, I don't want to wear a ball gown right now. I'm not ready to go out in a ball ball gown right now. Like I haven't, I haven't like like, I haven't really come out yet. Like I don't want to, you know. Yeah. I I wear lots of dresses. I'm wearing a dress right now, but like I'm not i af- I'm not afraid of wearing dresses. But like, I was like, okay, well, but like you know, you know, no no one does it in the string quartet uh, community, and we had a talk and just said like, well. Like somebody has to do it first.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I think it's the same thing with 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 um, with like orchestras and bands. Like mm-hmm. you might lose points, but someone has to do it first, so that like in like five ten years, yeah. they'll be like, remember when everyone had to wear those hideous tuxedos and those dresses that no one was happy with? Yeah. Like, and like just treat our kids with respect and make it them, let alone and then they go on stage and then they're happy and then they play better because they like mm-hmm. look really good
0: yeah you know, they, look how they they want to present themselves to the yeah. world oh that's important it, yeah. It, yeah
4: it's really important and it's yeah. a discussion that music departments should start having and you know bring it up to the boosters because with a lot of those um, uniforms there's tons of money sunk into it and um, it's a it's a kind of a big shift it's a huge shift but something that you know I want to prepare myself to do because I'm, I'm in the situation right now where that's what we've got and um, I really need to make that shift like that's one of the things I want to do when we come back to in person and when performing becomes something that's um, safe performing on a stage you know yeah.
2: yeah
0: i um i wonder also uh, this is something i i don't chloe you and i are both a member of that facebook group the um yeah uh what is it
1: called female trans and non-binary brass players
0: brass players right okay Um, And there's often conversation about uh, like descriptive words that are gendered being used in performance. This is something that's kind of, I haven't thought a lot about, but like describing, like um, describing that a passion, passage should be played, I don't even know what it would be, but like passively, but using like a feminine descriptor. Is this some, can either of you speak to that? I, I, I'm I not familiar with that way of describing music, but that sounds like a problem.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of specific things. Um...
0: Yeah. I guess I use the word elegant sometimes. Ah. But I think of elegant as also being, like I think James Bond is elegant. Totally, you elegant know, is, <laughs> elegant is
1: not not gendered in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of because I remember there. I I remember what you're talking about, what you're referring to, but I don't remember specifically what it was. Um. Yeah. Um, but to play but,
0: something delicately, maybe. But delicate isn't necessarily gendered. But if yeah, let's just say if you're using
3: like. I don't know, like, if someone's like, all right, like, all right, trombones, like, give us some, like, balls.
0: Well, that, like, yeah. like yeah. that's what I grew up hearing. About yeah. Yeah. <laughs> asking people to play like testicles is not okay. Right? <laughs> like, I don't have them. I still play trombone awesome. If you are saying play with balls to your students, you need to quit. Yeah. If you're not going to change your language yesterday.
3: Yeah.
2: I'm
0: just saying. Like that's unacceptable. Yeah.
3: Totally. <laughs> Try to find yeah. one. <laughs> that
1: was a
0: good one. That's totally that one is like so inappropriate it didn't even occur to me to <laughs>
2: mention.
1: Um, well, okay, something that I that comes to mind. Um, a former teacher of mine told me a story about when she was a clinician somewhere in California, but um somebody a student like played something, I don't remember what it was, but the whoever was um uh, Running the clinic, said, uh, "Oh, you you all are playing like a bunch of girls or something like that, and and like, you know that that's like, I need you to I need you to play with more mm-hmm. balls or you know, or some, yeah. something like like that, like whatever the equation that mm-hmm. goes to inappropriate or you know something that's not good. Um, but uh, something that I I've been aware of and something that I've seen in, in this Facebook group that you mentioned is kind of like equating certain genitals with a certain gender uh which is a big no-no because you know it's like if you're talking about um you know someone having a certain something and i it's just trans people don't have the same plumbing downstairs and you know it's 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 very it it excludes trans people if you kind Mm -hmm. of say something um like that saying like you know I'm, i'm trying to think of a specific example um yes
0: I don't know if you all have seen this. It is awesome. I'm gonna, um, Jennifer Wharton is a really great trombonist. Love her. And um, she made this graphic. I'm going to share my screen right now. Oh, I'm yes. i are going to describe it. Because I already know. It's so good. Podcast. Is this instrument for boys <laughs> <laughs> Do you operate the instrument with your genitals? No. Do you operate the instrument with your genitals? Yes. This is not for children. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Shout out yeah. to Jennifer Wharton. It is a handy guide for parents and educators, which should not be forgotten.
2: Definitely. Um,
0: none of the instruments that we teach our kids require genitals to play <laughs> therefore they need no mention at any time
2: Totally. Right.
1: yeah right oh, my my son he wants to play flute i'm so worried about it what should i do and then then present you present yes yeah. that yeah
0: that i mean that is a real thing the gendering of instruments and there's plenty of yeah. research that talks about it um, but as teachers, we need to be undoing that and we need to normalize that um, that anybody plays flute or clarinet or trombone or tuba. And that's a part of the work. And, and if you start doing that, you'll start seeing that your ensembles have a different look to them, you know? And yeah. that's really positive. That's a positive thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And just um, play the flute better. I'm just, I'm just yeah.
2: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, um,
0: I wonder, oh gosh, I can't believe what time it is already. I just wonder um, what, what we're missing. You know, we've talked about changing our language. We've talked about performance outfits. We've talked about just ways and like reasons that, if it wasn't obvious enough, but like, like we need reasons to be kinder to our students. I don't, but here are some ways and some and ways to do it.
4: Kelly, I want to see if we can veer into the, um, the travel realm. Oh,
0: yes, dude. I,
4: I know that many of us are, un, uh, well, I'm sure that there are zero student field trips happening nationwide. Right Nobody's going on field trips, mm. but, um, you know, various districts around our country have various um,
0: travel policies,
4: travel policies, mm-hmm. and um, what are some things that teachers should know when they're planning an overnight field trip where students have to share sleeping spaces, etc.
0: that's
1: hard yeah it's a tricky one
0: <laughs> it's a tricky one
4: huh
1: yeah
0: i can think of two times and what we did maybe it's better if we tell you that and you tell us how we screwed it up
2: That would but- be cool. <laughs> Great.
0: um one time we had a student who uh a middle school student who and beth you were on this trip so correct me if i'm remembering it incorrectly um but You know, their records at school had an M next to it, but the Mm -hmm. student felt much more comfortable sleeping with three girls in the class. Mm And um, we ran it and the family was like, this is what we need for our son. Mm -hmm. He needs to have these three female roommates. And Mm -hmm. um, we got, we consulted our principal on it and he said, that's fine. We just need a letter from the all Four families stating that this is what they would like to have happen. And so they were a room of four.
4: I think that Seattle Public Schools has evolved since then. Okay. So that's feeling icky to me hearing that story right now.
2: Yeah.
0: But that's what we did. I mean so
4: fast forward a, a few more years, um, after Kelly had left Washington. I went on another trip with um, a couple of students who were in this situation. And the district's policy has evolved, thankfully. And there is a person who works at the district level actually that you can call and she will talk you through um, the steps you take, what you should do and what you absolutely should not do Um, and One of the things that she drove home to me was um, this is absolutely, this has absolutely nothing to do with parent permission. So I was helped in this process by making it clear to the students that it is their choice and we do not have to consult parents at
0: all. All right. Yes. So most districts probably don't have a person like that.
4: And I'm thankful that Seattle.
0: <laughs> so what, what is the situation then the students just picked roommates. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you get a, how do I'm sure the worry is, how do we get around the two couples that want a room together and make babies on the band trip? We don't want that. Right. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? What's the, how did that work?
4: Well, um, I ended up allowing those students to say what room they wanted to be in and they chose wisely. They didn't choose to be in a room with their romantic partners. Okay. So they chose with other friends um, and I think they chose wisely. And we went on the trip and it ended up being a great trip.
0: All right. So maybe our institutions are wor- worrying about the wrong things.
4: Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't know. I mean, this is, I wish I just had like a, a really clear answer. Like this is what <laughs> should be done, but it's, it's, it's really, it's complicated. Um, I don't know what the solution is. Um, I know I can... the solution is not to have
0: the student struggling to conform to your rule like your rules to have that student room with an adult or alone is definitely Mm -hmm. not the solution
1: right othering them Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) totally and i remember when i went on school trips like rooming with three boys just like I i hated it it was terrible um but uh i mean I mean, and that's, that's awesome that you have somebody in your school district who's doing that. I can, I can assure you that there's nobody in the school district where I went to school who's thinking about those things in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, I would, I would trust what they, they have to say about that. Yeah.
0: I wonder if we can get our hands on those guidelines and make them available to people. That feels,
4: I think it would be neat to have that person on the show.
0: All right. I would we'll love March. Yeah. He's booked. Find exactly. Let's do it.
4: Exactly. But you know, I have to say, like as a teacher, you know, you're ingrained in all of these different, oh, you never do that, you never do that. And so I was scared. I was scared when I was making these choices and um allowing students to make these choices. Um, and it takes courage to, as a teacher, to move forward with a plan like this. Um, it takes a lot of courage um, and you have to like.
0: I mean, travel already takes a lot of courage. Yeah. If something goes wrong, your job is on the line and we yeah. do it anyway for our students. Yeah. Um,
4: and students are in varying degrees of, you know, support with the adults in their lives. And sometimes You know, sometimes as teachers, we have to like communicate to their parents in one way because they do not want us to use certain pronouns with their parents and then um, communicate with them in another way um, and just be very, very mindful of the home situation because sometimes students are not getting What they need for their identity at home, yet.
1: Yeah, or maybe their parents refuse to give it to them. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, that's. There's. Sounds like there's just so many like steps and levels to be aware of.
0: Understatement. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And you know, Kelly,
4: you know, circling (laughs) back to what you said earlier today about we're music teachers and just feeling put upon that, you know, why should I have to be the one teaching the anti-bullying or why should I have to be the one administering this or that or that or this work, what have you. I've got things to rehearse, I'm busy. But actually, if you think about it, we end up spending more time with most students because they're enrolled in our class for three or four years. Mm -hmm. Um, And we also end up spending a lot of off time. Like yeah,
0: all the evening evenings and the travel.
4: Travel, weekends. So actually,
0: And like, the whole family participates in our class. Aunties and uncles, they're to right. the show. And so really,
4: I think it is even more important that music teachers are cued into like working on serving students.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, it is more important. We end like pillars in these students' lives, positively or
2: negatively. <laughs>
3: yeah. Uh, definitely. I mean, like my my uh middle school and high school um orchestra director was my role model and Mm -hmm. like, Hey, like I like reach back to the things that she taught me and like, and use, use things like when we go and teach classes and like have everybody like get up from their seats and go to another part of the stage and the whole like orchestra is mixed up and like that, that, that thing. And like, and just the way that she treated all of her students and like, was just like everyone saw Mm -hmm. and because everyone saw the degree of respect that she that she gave to all of us like there was there was an amount of respect that we paid each other and i think that it's really important
0: mm-hmm. that chloe any parting words
1: i just want to say to both you kelly and beth thank you for having these conversations oh, and for, that's not necessary know, thinking about these things because i you know where i grew up when i grew up this was just Completely not a part of any conversation at all, right? Um, and it's it's really refreshing to see this change that is occurring. And um, yeah, and thank you, Andrew, for joining. Yes,
0: thank you for connecting us all together. It's been an absolute blast to talk to you both.
2: Yeah, absolutely, fun.
0: and I'm fired up about um, just continuing to um, learn
2: like all of learn.
0: today there are a lot of things we talked about i haven't thought about and it's really important we want it's important you know we just don't want to be hurting our kids yeah we don't i can't i don't know a single teacher who really sets out to hurt children you know like <laughs> totally. but we are we are causing harm and we have to really look at that and it's painful to do so yeah. You know, It's painful for me to think about the times that I've caused harm, um, not on purpose, but I know that I have.
4: Yeah, and
2: it, yeah. Yeah.
0: the only way I can make it better is just to do better.
4: Do better. It's a new year, set a new intention that we are going to work on this. We are going to every day be more aware, every day just be more plugged in to this important, important
0: work. And when you are, um, you know, presenting quartet music to your students, uh, you now have two ensembles to draw upon that would do a much better job um, uh, representing Western art music in its new forms (laughs) to your students. Woohoo! Let's do that. All right, friends. All righty. Thank you
4: so much. Of course. Have a fabulous weekend, everybody. Ah, thank you. Bye. Bye. A million thanks to our listeners, followers, and subscribers. The support we receive monetarily and otherwise helps us to be able to spend time creating a quality product and it allows us to tap into partnerships and resources to which we wouldn't normally have access. We are stoked about the journey of learning we have ahead of us and we are delighted you've decided to join.